Hey, welcome to Made For More. My name is Aaron Burke. I am your host for Made For More, our leadership podcast. And let me just tell you something that's coming up. In the month of December, we are going to be doing a Q&A. So if you have questions about leadership, about life, routines, anything, when it comes to growing as a leader, I want you to submit it. You can write me on Instagram. You can write me an email at aburke at weareradiant.com. Shoot me a message. I want to know your questions. And so I'll, I'll throw something up on Instagram also when this episode gets released so that people can submit their questions and I want to answer them. Hey, in this month's episode, I'm going to be talking to you for a little bit about what I think are the five secrets for scaling five secrets for scaling. So scaling any organization, scaling what you are called to do. Um, and so this has kind of a, been a part of my my journey is that I've just, I love to see things grow. I love to see things multiply. So one of my principles before I get into the five things is that you never scale it until you nail it. So nail it before you scale it. So don't duplicate something that's mediocre. So make sure you have a really good thing to start with. So you're, you've got something that's working. You got one location, you're going to go to two. You got one service and you're going to go to two services. You've got one product and you're going to add a second product. So I love scaling. I love making it grow, but make sure you've got something that works first. And so, uh, if you know their history of radiant or my, the church that I get the honor of pastoring, uh, started the church in 2013, four and a half years later, we felt the, the desire to scale it. In other words, to, to multiply it. And so we added a location and then we've added, you know, six different locations since. And the whole idea is that we really want to make sure that we are multiplying something that's worth multiplying. And we think it's awesome and we think it's great. And we're always trying to make it better. So I'm going to give you these five secrets um, that I think are crucial to scaling. And I think they're huge in your life and seeing things grow to be all that God's called it to be. Let me say one more key is uh, you don't grow automatically. You grow intentionally. And I need you to hear that. You're not going to grow automatically. You're going to grow intentionally. So anything that you want to see scaled to the next level, you got to be intentional about it. So here's the five. Because I'm a preacher, they all start with the five, the same uh, first letter. And so I hope they'll help you. So how do we scale things? Number one, we're going to start with P. The first P is prayer. We're going to start with prayer. Now, this is huge because I'm, I'm a pray first person. I re- believe that prayer is our first response, not our last resort. So we're always going to pray first. And I really think the best ideas of what God has for your life, for your business, for your ministry, for your family are going to come out of your prayer times. Um, the craziest ministry ideas have always come out of my time of prayer. I take seasons of prayer and fasting every year, and that's where some of the greatest ideas come from. So you want to always start with prayer. Prayer is where you get God's agenda for your life. And I want you to know God's agenda is big for your life. Thinking about scale, thinking about bigness, God has a huge plan. His ideas are exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. So when you bring your ideas to the Lord, watch how he doesn't, he doesn't simplify them. He doesn't smash them. He magnifies them. So that's a big deal. So we always want it to be birthed out of prayer. I want to talk to the pastors that are here that are listening to this because I know I get the response. There's a lot of pastors um, that listen to this. And let me just say one of the greatest thing that, that pastors can do to their church is to go before the church and say, hey, the Lord spoke in my time of prayer 
this is what came about. And so prayer is the driver for vision. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my vision from prayer. That's a big deal. Here, here's my second one. I'm not going to just start with prayer. And then I'm going to move from there to now the project. So I'm going to move it from prayer to a project. What does this mean? It means I'm going to write it down and I'm going to take the big vision and I'm going to simplify it. And I'm going to put it into a working document. Um, I've always heard it said that many people are not on the same page because there's not a page. And so you got to get a page. You got to write it down. And I think it's so crucial that you get things written out because you need to know what's the goal, what's the win, what are you trying to do? So when we were trying to scale um, our church, see it grow, when we tried to do that, we wrote it out. And so we wrote down, what does the scaling look like? Well, that looks like adding a location. Well, what does that look like? How do, how do, you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So what you do is you take the whole project and you break it down into bite-sized pieces. And people love projects. They love to be able to see what they're going after. They love the visual of this. I tell people in our in our team when people run central direct our central directors or managers or other pastors, I say if you're presenting something to us, don't present some far off vision. Present a mapped out plan. Let me say that again. Don't present some far off vision. Uh, present a mapped out plan. Like put it in writing. Make it very clear. That's what the scriptures say. Write it down. Make it clear so that those who hear it can run with it. And I think far too many times. We're bringing abstract ideas. I, I want to see things grow. Well, what does that mean? I want to see this expand. What does that actually mean? What's your actual plan? So we map it out into a project. So we got a prayer, and then we're going to put it into a project where it is manageable, it is bite-sized, um, a bowl, and let me just say this, it has an end date. So it has an execution date. So this is going to happen by this time. I talk to church planners a lot. They always yeah, I meet with them quite often and they'll come to me and say, I want to plan a church and sometime in the next few years. I say, well, that's not going to work. Um, here's why it's not going to work. Because a vast majority of America, let's just say America as an example, a vast majority of America can run from one end of the room that you're in right now to the other end. Let's say that's a 15 feet across. Vast majority without stopping can run 15 feet. I would think most of America could. But you got a slim 1% of the population that can run a marathon. Why? Because the longer you have people run, the less they're going to actually do it. So here's the key. The key is you need to have a start date. You need to have a finish date. And you need to say, this is going to happen by this time. So you put the date on the calendar. So here's the project. Here's the end date. Here's the plan. When we were launching the church, I'll never forget our very first meeting. We met in a little hotel conference room and we gave everybody a little magnet that went on their fridge. And I said, on this magnet, have all the important dates to launching the church. They had no clue the behind the scenes, the massive amount of work. I didn't need to give them all of that. I gave them the vision and I gave them the project. The project matters. So we went in prayer, we got the project and put the goal in front of the people. Um, need doesn't help. You, the, the, the idea of saying, hey, this is a need. The need is the project. No, the vision is the project. So you got you to gotta, you gotta say it different. So uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. But let me just say this, is your vision should be broken down in such a way that people can say, I know what we're doing and I know what it's going to take to make it happen. Here's the five steps or the eight steps to making the project happen. All right, so start with prayer. Then we move to a project. 
And then here's the third one, which could be one of the most important is to scale anything. You need people. You need people. People are your most valuable asset. They are the crucial component of scaling any organization because you can have big dreams, but without the right people on the team, you're never going to make this thing happen. So I realized my most important job as the leader of, of whatever organization I'm in, the most important thing I'm doing is figuring out who are the people that God's put in my in my care that I'm responsible for. I love like this idea of like, I'm always playing chess. I'm always making sure that I'm trying to put the right piece in the right spot to win this whole game. And this is a giant task of any leader is the people task. So I'm always going to look at the people. Do you have the right people on your teams? I always believe that if you're the smartest person at the table, you're at the wrong table. So you need to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, Here's another one. You need to surround yourself with people that can correct you. This is the right people you need on your team. To scale any organization, you can't just have a bunch of yes men or yes women. You have to have people that'll correct you and say, that's not going to work. There's a better way of doing this. They can never challenge the vision. They can always challenge the strategy. And you got to communicate that to your team. Don't challenge the vision. Here's what we're going to do. But challenge the strategy. Let's figure out how to do it right and do it better. And because of the right people on my team, that's how we've been able to scale to now reaching thousands of people in multiple locations because scaling takes people. Let me just say this, you gotta take care of the people you've got. If you don't take care of your employees, somebody else will, and they'll go there. So you've gotta learn how to take care of people. So what we're doing as an organization is we're learning how to give people more time off, how to treat people better, how to celebrate them more. Why? Because people are the most valuable asset you have in any organization and you got to treat them well. We always think of stewardship as a Christian as I'm dealing with money. But I would say stewardship is not just money. It's also facilities. It's also buildings. And it's always people. And people are the most important of all three of those because people have a soul that you are to care for, especially if you're in ministry. So I'm going to look at the right people. I always want more people on the team or more people on the bench, the leadership bench, than I actually need. There's two different kind of strategies with this. One of them is you, you find three people and you put all your life into three people hoping those three win. I've realized that doesn't work for me. I'd rather put my life into 10 people knowing that I'm going to find three really good ones. And that's kind of how it works out. Jesus found this out to be the same case. Remember, he had the 5,000. Then there's what, the 120 or so that were actually in Pentecost. There were the 12 that were there with him uh, as disciples. One of those was ended up being crazy. There was the three that were her closest core. So you always have to understand, you got to start wide to get those few that are crucial. So I'm always looking at, uh, at developing the people that God's given me. Let me say one more thing about people. I am always recruiting, always recruiting. You can't scale without always recruiting. Um, we, we've got at a place as an organization that um, our, our vision is bigger than our current bench. In other words, the amount of people that are on the current bench right now for those positions. So what we've had to do is we've had to just look for more people. Like, let's find them. Let's find them outside. So every environment, I get to go and preach at different churches and do different conferences. Every conference, I'm looking for people. I'm evaluating who's somebody that I can spot 
some of the greatest leaders I know really um, don't, it's not that they do ministry or leadership the best, it's that they recruit the best people. And so that's what I want to be known for. I want to be always a person that puts a hand on someone's shoulder and say, hey, you're doing something awesome, but if we do it together, it can even be more awesome. And I really think that that kind of vision casting goes a long way. So you got to build those people. Uh, let me give you one key thing, what I've learned about scaling when it comes to people. If you want to reinforce your culture, then hire from within. If you want to change your culture, hire from without. Let me say it again. If you want to reinforce your culture, hire from within. So find someone on your current team. If you want to change the culture of that department, of that campus, of that organization, then you're going to hire from without. So that's where I'm going to develop and I'm going to recruit people. So I'm going to recruit them from within. If I already like the culture, I'm going to recruit it from without if I don't like the culture because I want the culture to change when you hire them from without. So we got three of them down. We want to be people of prayer. We're going to get our vision from God. We're going to be people that have projects. We're going to put them in bite-sized pieces where people can see them and run with it. We're going to be people that recruit all the time. We are in the people business. It's always about who, not what. If I get the right people, then I can make the right projects happen. So I'm going to be all about people. Here's my fourth one, and it's a P word also, provision. We're going to talk about money for a second because you can't make things happen without resources, without the capital, without money. Let me talk to the pastors out there today because a lot of you guys... Money is a dirty word for you. First of all, you got to get over that. Ministry takes money. Jesus had people surrounding him that funded his ministry. There's a girl named Susanna in the scripture, and her whole ministry was that she funded Jesus's ministry. You have to have people that believe in the vision that will fund it. So the only way to make that happen is you got to cultivate it. It's not going to happen automatically. So there is a donor development side where you've got to actually figure out what am I doing to fund the vision? Because vision without money is actually just a dream. And I'm not here to dream. I'm here to actually make stuff happen. So vision with money brings about the destiny that God has for our life. So I want to make sure that I'm walking in the destiny. I want to see it actually happen. So each of our campuses cost roughly about a half a million dollars to launch, uh, to start. That's that's not too extended. That's not to pay any of the bills in the future. That's just to open the doors. That's a lot of money. So we have to cast that vision to the church every year. We're going to launch another campus. So we're launching our eighth campus uh, in 2023. And so that's going to cost us a half a million dollars. Um, we don't have that money. That's a lot of money. So what we do is we present it to the church, we present it to our base, and we tell them the vision. Don't tell them the need, tell them the vision. Need doesn't raise money, vision does. So let me just say it this way. Um, Hey, we need a campus in West Chase. That's our next community we're going to. That doesn't work. Hey, I need you to give to this campus. That doesn't work. You've rephrased it. We have a vision of launching a life-giving campus to reach people in the West Chase community. Do you see the difference? One of them was need-based. One of them is vision-based. Vision raises money. Need never raises money. So you got to cast the vision for it. We need a well dug in Africa. They're without water. That doesn't raise money. Here's what raises money. 
there is a we have a vision of supplying water to eventually now open a door so that we can present the gospel to a community in Africa. Do you see the difference? Vision raises the provision. So you got to cast it right. Here's what I just want you to understand. When I look at some of the best churches, the best businesses, you got to keep that you got to keep cash flow going high so that you always have more money than you need to do the ministry or the calling that you have. Um, because you can't grow without it. You can't grow without people and you can't grow without money. So you need both of them. So we've always tried to keep our, our expenses low. Our, for instance, our facilities right now. Our facilities as a church and our bylaws, it says that our facilities can't go above 25% of our total income. That's what it says in our bylaw. That's a ceiling for us. Right now, we're below 5%. Now, why do we do that? We do that because we know that we need to keep that so low so that we have the finances necessary to do more missions, more outreach, more campuses. So we have to keep the provision in front um, moving so that we can fund the vision. By the way, one of the best ways to do this is to constantly update your, your donors, your stakeholders on your wins because they want to know how is this working? Is what we're doing actually producing? We do a dinner every year called our Legacy Dinner. And um, we actually do two a year. We do one of them regionally at all of our campuses. And then we do one of them where we bring everybody together. 300 plus people come to that dinner. And it's just for me to cast vision. Celebrate wins. Cast vision about the future. So we're going to take care of what we got. And we're going to continually raise um, funds. You'll need more money than you think you need to scale the organization. So you got to make sure that you're constantly being good stewards and don't spend money frivolously. Be very cautious because if you will do what people um, don't have the discipline to do, which is to save and to pull back and to not um, overspend, if you'll do that, then one day you will have the benefit of doing what nobody else can do, which is to be incredibly blessed and live in abundance and pay everything with cash. That's our dream. That's what we're doing as a church. We still have no debt. It's the glory of God that we're able to see all this happen. So you can't scale without provision. You'll need more money than you need, than you think you need. So make sure you understand raising money is your ministry or is your job. Cast the vision, don't cast the need. All right, here's the last one. This one's huge. Okay, so let me just recap and then I'll close with this last one. Start with prayer. It's a secret to scaling. Get a vision from God. Then you get it, break it into a project. So break it down in bite-sized pieces for everybody to see so that those who read it can run with it. Then you're going to go and you're going to always develop people. People are your most valuable asset. You want to make sure you have the right people. Here's the next one. You're going to fight and work for provision. So you're going to save financially and you're going to always make sure you raise more than you need so that you have high cash flow and able to pay things with cash and be disciplined with your money. Here's the last one is here's the last P word. And this is the game changer. Ready? Is here's the secret to scaling is you need peace. You need peace. Here's what peace means. Peace means I'm contentment, content with where I'm at. Now you say, Aaron, this whole thing is about scaling, going to the next level. I get that. I'm a driver. I want that. But at the same time, there's a balance between I'm going after what's next and I'm happy with where I'm at. I have peace with where I'm at. So I have a vision for another 10 campuses. I have a vision for these buildings. I have a vision for millions of dollars given away to missions. But 
I'm content with what God's doing right now. I'm, I'm happy with the portion God's given me. And far too many li leaders live with anxiety, stress, anxiousness. Why? Because they're always after more, 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 and they're not satisfied with where they're at right now. The scriptures say that godliness with contentment is great gain. Look at those two extremes. Godliness, which is a pursuit. Contentment is with peace. So I'm going to pursue, but I'm going to have peace. I'm always going to grind and go after it, but I'm also going to just live in the grace of God. Live in both worlds right now. So I'm going to go after it, but I'm also going to be satisfied with what God's given me right now. I'm going to live in peace. You can scale this thing. Start with prayer, put it into a project, get the right people, raise the provision, and live in peace. That's how you do it. Hey, make sure you check out next month's episode. If you've got a question, make sure you submit it to me. I want to see it. I'm going to break down a bunch of questions next uh, month. We're going to have a good time. We'll laugh a lot. And I look forward to seeing you in next month's episode. Thanks for streaming this. If you haven't liked or shared this podcast, please do that. It helps us get the word out. Great things are happening in 2023. Lots of cool stuff. And I can't wait to let you in on it. But for uh, this time, we're glad you're listening. And I will hear you, see you, be with you next month. <music>